You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 352, loved by a generation of students, it's Dale's Supermarket Sweep. Julie T. Harris, Terence Day Combi, the burden of names, and love the band, hate the lyrics. It's all coming up after David Bowie and John, I'm only dancing. I only got to see him live once, but it was that memorable night, July, mm-hmm. yeah, July the second, tw- um, 1973, at the Hammersmith Odeon, the final date of the Ziggy Stardust uh, tour. It, do you know? It seems incredible in this age, but my girlfriend and I just turned up at Hammersmith Odeon on the afternoon of the gig and bought tickets at the box office. I can't uh, believe that. That's crazy. I, I, I know it was a late birthday present for me because I'd, I'd turned. Um, 18, three days before. And oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, those were the days, you know, just all Everything like, about this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> let's go and see David Bowie. Okay, let's just go and get to You could do that almost any gig in those days. That's Extraordinary. crazy, uh, yeah. From the previous year, 1972, a non-album single that uh, it made number 12 in the UK, David Bowie, John, I'm Only Dancing. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 352. I'm Terence Stackham and, and Juliet, I'm only podcasting. 
Oh, it's Juliet good. Harris. <laughs> like that. Hello, everyone. Um, probably only British people will know the name of Dale Winton, who died mm. this week. But American listeners particularly would know the original US, US format of the show that Dale Winton was most famous for over here, Supermarket Sweep. That's what it was in America over here. It was Dale's Supermarket mm. Sweep. This was a daytime TV show back in the 1990s that became daily viewing for students who should have been studying and self-employed people <laughs> like me who should have been should working. Should have been working, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I, I watched um, I watched an episode of Supermarket Sweep um, yesterday, and it was like looking through a time warp. It all moves so slowly. Uh, there's way over a minute of introductions before Dale appears and long, in-depth chats with the contestants about their jobs and their home lives. And then this rather odd amalgamation between quiz questions and this mad physical dash around a pretend <laughs> supermarket. It's really, really strange. For a jackpot, uh, jackpot prize, by the way, £2,000. Oh, wow. Was Supermarket Sweep one of the daytime shows that stopped you from studying in your teens, Jules? Well, I, I, it was, I was a little bit younger than that, mm. so it would have been... Um, I seem to remember it as being early to mid-90s. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look up when it was on, but I, I remember it was the sort of thing I would watch if I was off sick from school. Um, that <laughs> yeah. was always... and You know, it, it was tempting to try and pull a sickie sometimes because it was just amazingly good fun television. It was just a lot of fun. And it was apparently... It was 1993 to 2001, mm. so it was slightly later than I remember remember it but yes i did used to occasionally watch it when i was i was off school and, and in the school holidays as well it was it was brilliant um when i was doing my radio show on wednesday night and news broke and i was on air that he'd passed away mm. Dale winston passed away i am um, dug out in betweener by sleeper because the video features them with dale winton oh. doing supermarket sweep so uh, so <laughs> it was something that everybody seemed to very much enjoy uh, the tracy brabin the uh, the former coronation street actress and writer who's now a labor mp for battle in spen mm. um tweeted something along the lines of my sister was a contestant on it and i've never seen her so wild with joy <laughs> people just seemed to absolutely adore it i thought it was a it was a just you know not the most high budget program ever but but it's very telling that nobody seems to have had a bad word to say about Dale Winton. Everybody have kind of said, you know, how terrific he is and how nice he was. I've got a friend that went to... He went to a New Year's Eve party at Jerry Halliwell's house. I think it might have been in 1999 at the sort of the, mm. the, the height of sort of fame. Mm. And, you know, George Michael, everybody was there. And he said that everyone was vile all evening and that the only person oh, that he had a nice chat with who was just really not starry at all and was just a really lovely man was Dale Winton. And he put a picture up of Dale Winton kissing him on the cheek. So, so and him posing. So, no, I'm, I'm sorry to hear of, of the loss of Dale Winton and he seemed like a nice guy and no I was a big fan of Supermarket Sweep the other thing that we used to watch hugely when we were when I was a student mm. so I was a student a bit later so yes. 2000-2005 I had a the, in the third year so 2004-2005 there were five of us living in this house and quite often some some people worked harder on their degrees than others so <laughs> my memories seem to involve me walking through our front door having been in the library all day to find various people vegged out watching TV and um there was, I can't even remember what it was called. It might have actually been the days of our lives. Channel 5 used to show all those terrible oh, American yeah. kind of schlocky kind of dramas. And I'd come in and they'd all be watching it. And, and 
you'd ask for updates on things and the thing that used to entertain me the most was I remember someone appeared once in it at some story there were so many storylines going on at once that a woman <laughs> appeared on screen and I went who's that and someone went I don't know and I went but you watch this and they went oh there's so many storylines you have to get it, let one or two go and they literally mm. didn't know what half the programme was about so so yeah I, 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 am, I am pro Supermarket Sweep and sad that Dale is no longer with us the episode of uh, Supermarket Sweep that I watched this week was one of the very early episodes. By the way, there were 569 episodes That's recorded amazing. in that time. I mean, it's the ultimate low-budget telly, <laughs> it isn't it? Really they probably is. did about five in a day. I imagine they did, yeah. In the, in the early 90s, cameras were not very mobile. So when the contestants go hurtling around the pretend supermarket, they're also dashing around these big clunky cameras on mm. podiums with cameramen with big headphones on, yes. all in shot. It's amazing. <laughs> now, when I was at home pretty much all the time in this era, writing for Radio 4, Spitting Image, music documentaries. I was under enormous time pressure um, to get things done. Um, so what did I do? I, I, I just watched TV all day. Um, Why would you not? <laughs> exactly. And of course, this was before, um, this era we're talking about was before satellite and cable TV came to the UK. So choice was really limited to uh, the, the main channels. And I became obsessed with Neighbours at that time. It, it's the Daphne and Des um, mm. days. Also, um, there was a programme on called Crown Court, which replicated, um, you know, a, a, a criminal case uh, and you had the, the mm. members of public in half an hour had to decide on someone's guilt or otherwise they make various attempts at reviving that they from do, time to don't time. They? paint along with nancy and the joy of painting with bob ross uh, oh there but, was also there was also again these formats they mm. just they changed that they 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 keep reviving the same old formats because i remember watercolor challenge with hannah gordon ah oh, yes probably yes similar sort of thing they they, they, they do um, during the day they are obsessed with these uh these painting shows and I like many I had no interest in painting but it, it kind mm. of distracted me from what I was supposed to be doing so <laughs> and, that's, and that's the point of daytime TV isn't it really it shouldn't is, you yes. be doing something else my dad used to constantly chide me when I came home as a student from university for watching TV during the day yet <laughs> as a retired person by this point every time one would casually inquire about something on neighbours my dad would have a, a, a great <laughs> deal of knowledge on various different people and what was and what was going on so so yes, we always used to try and trap my dad into revealing that actually he was a daytime TV watcher too. Antiques programmes seem to, and house programmes seem to have the run of daytime TV at the moment. Although quizzes like Supermarket Sweep seem to be ubiquitous, don't they? They always seem to seem to, to that that always seems to be the format that that they have the most amount of goes at making a success of. I think so cheap to produce. I imagine right, that's, that's what, it, yeah. isn't it? Really, this is this is cheap TV that you can kind of wallpaper the hours of nine to five with the, but jules the thing to remember is the next time you're at the checkout and you hear the beep think of all the fun you could be having on supermarket, supermarket sweep, sweep. Oh, the, the clunkiest oh. catchphrase ever I know, but but it really makes it makes me sad to think that Dale won't say that anymore. It was so enjoyably dreadful that I think that, and I think the thing that I liked about Dale Winton was he knew deep down how utterly <laughs> dreadful it was. Yeah, he wasn't taking himself seriously, but he just got on with it, and I admire that in a way. With a surname like Dackham. I sometimes envy the Smiths and Jones of this world, but we all have our cross to bear. Um, names are next, right after this glorious track chosen by Juliet. This is Anne Robinson. You did it, you did it. 
speaking of daytime TV quiz shows, not to be confused with the former host of The Weakest no. Link. Uh, this is a soul singer called Anne Robinson. And the reason that I came across this, which is called You Did It, by the way, is that it is sampled by Fatboy Slim on Gangster Tripping from oh. You've Come a Long Way, Baby. And I, I was I come across a playlist on um, Apple Music recently that was Fatboy Slim influences. And I'd never heard that before. And when it played, it was the do-do-do-do-do-do bit that was, that was sampled. I thought it was terrific. So I thought that I'd, I'd bring it to you this week, Terence. Well, it's new to me also. Absolutely great track. I really love it. It's great mm. finding these um, sort of 60s soul, northern soul, whatever you want to call it, uh, I mean, tracks. And... ordering on funk, I suppose. Mm. Really. But it's, it's great. I, and also, it doesn't outstay its welcome. Extended singles, not a good idea. Get it done under three minutes. That's uh, that's my, my view of the, of yeah, the ethos of single releases. Whenever I'm someplace where they call my name out, like, I don't know, the dentist, say, or you know, picking up a prescription at the chemist or drugstore, mm. as I say in America, whatever, the variations of the pronunciation of my surname, it often gives, gives rise to difficulty. And I notice this, the person calling my name, I see them look at their piece of paper, and they start off really confidently, Terence, and then you hear the hesitation, and they look at the paper, look up, look back, and then I hear, Terence Dacombe, or um, Terence Dacom or a, a long list of, of variants. No one ever seems to hit on the rather simple and correct Dacom. Um, but surely, <laughs> surely though, Jules, with the absolutely splendid but hard to get wrong Juliet Harris, you never well, have any difficulties with your name. Well, you'd think this. I get an awful lot of posts for Julie Harrison on a, uh, on a, on a daily basis. Um, my favourite is when people get your name wrong when you've sent them an email and it's got your name on the oh, email God. and on the email signature and it comes in and you've still got to reply, thanks, Judith. Or, oh, um, or God, you know, uh, yeah, I'll see you. I'll look forward to meeting you next week, Julie. I get Julie, <laughs> Julia, Judith, um, uh, yeah, all sorts of things. On one memorable occasion, Mr. Julian Hams, um, <laughs> clearly someone's hand. <laughs> I think I've gone really terribly wrong at that point. I don't know how people get my name so wrong. I had Harris spelt wrong at an airport once. Someone had put an E in it, which I was, I was, you know, oh, quite gosh. quite alarmed at. It caused some problems. It's, it's, it's. I don't understand how people can get it so wrong. Although when it comes to names, the real pain of names to me, and I was talking to someone about this yesterday, mm. is you know when you go on a day out or you're on holiday or you go you go on a day trip to the zoo maybe or something, and you've had a nice day, and you think. How can we commemorate this nice mm. day? I know. Let's buy something in the gift shop. Oh, look, they've got key rings with people's names on. Oh, Lovely. that would be fun mm. to have a key ring with my name on it. Um, can you find Juliet? Can 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 you, you know, insert swear word here? Really? No, you can't ever. <laughs> and and I, I, every so often you, I share something on Facebook that says something like, share this if you know the pain of not having your name on a key ring in a shop. And it never ceases to entertain me. When my friends comment underneath, all of my friends with slightly unusual names, my friend Zilla, my friend Diana, my friend Ali Azim, you know, they, they all pop down <laughs> underneath. And you think, oh, yes, of course. And I was actually bought a key ring by someone recently that actually said on it they didn't have my name in the shop on the <laughs> my favourite gift I've received in some time I think so the pain of having a name that no one can get right it's amazing the human capacity to get stuff wrong that's what having my name has taught me really people just don't seem that, or people that stop listening two syllables in 
happens. So I guess people get as far as Julie, but they can't manage the air on the end. Or or Julia. People can do the first two bits. But so people stop listening after two syllables. They get stuff wrong. They can't really be bothered to get it right. And uh, and uh, key key uh, key ring manufacturers just don't want to know basically. And it makes me sad. Didn't you um, get Julie T Harris as well? Yes, that's that's happened before. Yeah. So when I was at university. Um, I had some a piece of internal mail from the university to whom I was paying a considerable amount of money each year. Sent me a, a, a letter once to Judy T. Harris, and after that, I was known as Judy T. in the whole faculty. I love to the that. point where lecturers would address me as it when I turned up in lectures. It was a, it was it was appalling. But I've got friends that I've known, you know, since then who, fifteen years on, will still send me birthday cards to Judy T. Harris. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, some people reach such a height of celebrity that they're recognisable by one name, and that must make mm-hmm. it easier. Like. Kylie, Moby, Oprah, um, you know, you say the name and everybody instantly knows who who you mean. Uh, Some are more local in the UK, say the name Boris and everyone conjures up the image of the tiresome politician. Um, (laughs) Yes, exactly that. Of course, he's little known elsewhere. That's really peculiar, though, because Boris isn't even his real name. His his family call him Al because his real first name is Alexander. That's that's particularly peculiar. Um, I fear, though, I'm never going to be famous enough to be known by one word, one name. Yes, yes. Mononymous, mononymous people they're called, yes. Yes, I can't ever. Brazilian footballers as well, often known because their actual names are so complicated. Though I do remember poor unfortunate fellow, Johan Cruyff's son, Jordi Cruyff, who tried to make a a, a football career in the late 90s, early 2000s, who uh, tried to, in order to step out of his father's shadow, insisted on having Jordi on the back of his his shirt instead of Cruyff. Um, it, It didn't really seem to help him, I'm afraid. To say. I shall just have to carry on listing out for Dacombe and you'll have to put up with Julie T. Harris. We'll, we're, we're just, we've just got to live you know, with it, I think. Sister Bear, man, but, you know, mm. we've got to keep going. If you've ever found yourself singing along uh, to a song you hear on the radio, do you ever stop and think, wait a minute, what are they singing about? <laughs> Love the band, hate the lyrics. That's next after Joni Mitchell. <laughs> Like bright flags. 
gang on holidays In France they kiss on Main Street I'm working, mama Not cheap display And we were We've had a peculiar couple of really midsummer type days here in the UK we this have, week. Yeah, this is our summer, I suspect. Absolutely. I mean, even it, as we record this, it's actually only April, uh, and we're still in early spring. But the, the hot weather, well, it had me turning to my summer playlist on Spotify, and I was driving um, back on um, on Friday afternoon, and um, I had my my summer playlist from Spotify, and that's track number mm. one on my summer playlist from the aptly titled album. The hissing of summer lawns, uh, the glorious, magnificent Joni Mitchell, and on France they kiss on Main Street. That is glorious. I love that. There is there are some artists and groups that just about everyone agrees. Oh, they're solid. You know, part of our heritage. Mm. They're lauded by all. How could anyone disagree? For example, enormously influential front runners of Two Tone and the Scar revival back in the late seventies and onwards. The Specials. Top of the tree, politically sound. Surely there's no problem with the specials, Juliet? Well, you say this. So mm. so this stems from um I've recently become a trustee of a local arts venue. Um and one of the jobs which you can do as a trustee and actually one of the what the ways having just recently joined that I was advised that I could get an understanding of how the building works is to steward when they have events on there because they do occasionally put on you know various different bands huge diversity of bands uh, they have opera there sometimes they have the Philharmonic Orchestra there sometimes um, they they have some folk events and they also have the old loud noisy band <laughs> and they had bad manners on on Thursday night so mm. I agreed to go and steward for bad manners so I was still with my my friend who is uh, the mayor the outgoing mayor of hastings and also um the one that my fellow trustee there so we were stewarding at the side and they had um a dj playing some some uh records and then they had a local band called the two tones supporting mm. who were an offshoot of of um local and um, local scar heroes um the fantastically named scar for life mm, um who excellent. unfortunately did turn out to be scarred today because i think two of them had a bit of a falling out and they had a kind of a you know a, they went off and did different things so the two tones gone on and then they're essentially a covers band so so they did various um 
you know, the big scar numbers, mm. which they were well received. And they did too much too young by the specials. Mm. And, you know, I, I really listened to it. You know, I do very much like the specials. One of the things that I really liked about the specials is that they are, um, they're racially very diverse. Mm. And actually, you know, they came through the time, late 70s, early 80s, which which was, you know, really... I suppose stressful it was really there was lots of tension between you know the 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 sort of immigrants coming into britain and i suppose we're talking about that you know having there's been so much about the wind rush stuff in the in the news this week i guess that that's sort of relevant and how actually you know against some unpleasant elements like the national front bands like the specials were sort of poster boys for you know for for being for racial diversity having said that though where um those of the left sometimes fall down particularly men of the left mm. is um uh, misogyny basically mm-hmm. i can't can't dress it up any other way and and kind of the way in which the way in which they um you know treat women or view women and how it's not great um and and if we, uh, we uh, you know i if we have a look at the lyrics it opens with you've done too much much too young now you're married with a kid when you could be having fun with me which is not a particularly mm. um not particularly enlightened um and it just gets it just gets i mean for a band that were meant to be sort mm. of of the were doing sort of anti-apartheid type type benefits and were really right on in many ways it is slightly shocking even though i have had the point made to well they were very much of the time yes i know oh, that well, that's, a, that's a feeble defense in makes it so strange that they were so right on and so forward thinking in many ways and yet in other ways we've got them saying ain't he cute no he ain't he's just another burden on the welfare state and it's like well mm. Mm, I find that hard. I don't know if they were trying to be satirical. There is that possibly, but equally, I don't think. Um, I don't. Um, I don't think that see, that finishing a song with with keep a generation gap try wearing a cap, which I find to be so, mm. and also so so upsetting in the way that that unless it is satire and it's pretty clumsy satire mm, I've so. got to be honest um, why is it always the woman's responsibility this is mm. what I don't get and this is this is where the pill was extremely liberating in many ways but equally it very much made contraception the woman's sole responsibility and that is mm. that is deeply unpleasant I think in my rule so I do there was much that I really admire about the specials like I say and you know Ghost Town will be one of the I think it is one of the best number one singles of all time because it really caught a moment in a way that I think very few records have. And again, it had some very interesting and enlightened things to say about what happened, what was the result of industrial decline. They were not a stupid band at all. Yet I find stuff like Too Much Too Young to be to be upsetting. And, Abs- and throw them, I think. Absolutely awful lyrics. And I do think what was Jerry Jammer singing and the rest of them for singing and playing on it. But I think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's easy to be dismissive about this and say, um, oh, but they were a great band. But I don't think we can take that view. I think the great musical arrangements and their, you know, some of their other songs like Ghost Town and so on doesn't excuse the message. And I have a huge problem with some, um, in fact, quite a lot, ska and reggae. Yeah. There, there was, sometimes still is, and overt misogyny and homophobia in reggae. Yeah. And we should listen and I think we should challenge artists yeah. who promote this stuff. And um, I'm probably going to come across as holier than thou. And obviously nothing new there, of course. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Pope Terence. There, there we are again. Friend. But yeah. even as a young man in the 70s, I genuinely felt very uncomfortable at 
Uh, as an example, Led Zeppelin lyrics. So many mm-hmm. tracks, particularly the first couple of albums, feature the most appalling lyrics about women mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Described essentially as playthings for, in this case, Robert Plant. Their use, yeah. the women, woman's use is only as providing intimate services and then yeah. to be rejected. Yeah. And I do wonder if in his more mature years, Robert Plant is, is aware of this. And I wonder if that's why he always seems to rebuff Led Zeppelin reunions so he doesn't, doesn't have to sing this stuff. Well, um, maybe, yeah. And, of course, the Rolling Stones, again, a reason I, I, I don't think I own a Rolling Stones record. And this is one of the reasons why. Their canon of work, the lyrics, again, often abysmal portrayals of women. And we're supposed to say, oh, but it's just rock and roll about... I don't take that view. Brown Sugar, How Come You oh, Taste So Good, Just yeah. Like a Black Girl Should. Um, I'm not even going to quote from the Dreadful Stones track, Some Girls, because oh, this yes, is a family-friendly podcast. But, honestly, if you Google the lyrics to the Rolling Stones track Some Girls you're, you're, and you'd never sort of realise what they're singing it is there's Under My Thumb Honky Tonk Women isn't much better mm. I know as I say I know some people say oh they're just songs but I can't I just can't agree they're, they're not acceptable you know misogyny homophobia they never mm. are so why should we you know if that was said on the street or in a conversation that you were having with someone in a pub you would challenge it or you would at least think well this person well, isn't going to be a friend so, of yes. mine you know, you'd say, this. I, I'm not going to go drinking with this person again. But because it's the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin or the specials, we're supposed to say, oh, that's, o- that's OK. Tom Jones last night was on the uh, Queen's 92nd mm. birthday thing. Does anybody ever actually listen to the lyrics of Delilah? I felt a knife in my hands oh. and she laughed no more. That's the lyrics of Delilah. Why mm. do we? Why did radio stations play that? Why would we sort of celebrate something like the Queen's birthday and think, well, this is you know, this is the kind of um, lyrics, the words that we deem acceptable in in twenty eighteen? I don't. I don't. I can't say. Oh, the specials are great because of Ghost Town. I can't divorce from um, this sort of terrible, mm. terrible um, business that we, you know, we, we talked about with uh, Too Much Too Young. Well, no, absolutely. And, and someone made the point to me on Twitter, and I would, just to come back on that, um, that when I was moaning specifically about Too Much Too Young, which was the thing that made me... I wasn't complaining about the specials generally initially. Mm. I was just complaining about that song. And... Uh, someone replied and said quite a lot of the specials lyrics are nasty mm. i love the specials so much that i ignore it or try to but oh, i can't wow. play a lot of their stuff when my kids are about and then this person lists stupid marriage little mm. and then a word beginning with b mm. too much too young hey little rich girl and pearl's cafe and it's like wow if you can just reel off those yes. that's not a that's not a, 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 a hugely great sign and actually although there are parts of scar and parts of the specials that are always kind of held up as being very kind of oh it was anti apart you know anti-apartheid and it was very you know rock against racism and it was mm. it had some really kind of progressive things about it the fact that there was such a bad fight at the gig on thursday mm. night that three security people had to carry two oh men in polo God. shirts who were literally riding towards each other out and we had to keep them we had to keep the doors shut for about four minutes hence no one could get out oh if they God. needed to because they were having to put it together um it was it was yeah, there's a there's an undercurrent to some mm. scar and reggae. And actually, my my mum and dad hate scar. My mum, my mm. dad quite likes scar. Actually, my mum hates it, but they hate the attitudes of it. Mm. And and of course, you know, my dad said, "Why does it not surprise me there was some huge punch up at this mm. gig?" And it was and it was and the funny thing about it was. 
it was not young people. Most of the people at this gig were <laughs> were no, probably bent no. to see them the first time round. So, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, a, I mean, the, the band were good. Bad manners were really good. Actually, Buster Bob Russell is very much reduced him compared to how he used to be. He's actually almost an ordinary shaped bloke now. It's really he had gastric band surgery. Someone told me a few years ago, and they worked very hard, and they were and they were good. But there are there are elements of of Scar that 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 not so much I think the point we're making not so much oh it was very much of its time I don't mm. think it was acceptable at the time really no I, I, I don't think so and uh, you know that's I, I, I think though what was different at the time we didn't have the internet and often no. the lyrics weren't uh, published and no. uh, so you know often I think people didn't quite realise what they what they were singing yeah, you know? absolutely are you out and about playing records that aren't misogynistic anywhere this week Jules well yes I'm going to do my best to weed my record <laughs> Box. Yes, I am. Um, I will be at the Dragon Bar in Hastings on Friday evening, Ooh. and excitingly, I, I hopefully well, we, we think we can get this to work. I confirmed yesterday that um, I will be uh, accompanied by somebody to help me, um, a lady called Bongo Debbie, who plays drums <laughs> in the Nuns at the moment. But ah. she's played drums in all sorts of different bands, like Mambo Taxi and the A Lines, and and she's a bit of a kind of a, a, a in her own quiet way, she's a bit of a legend amongst kind mm. of the riot. On an alternative scene, and uh, she's going to help me play some tunes. So, so we're calling ourselves the Bongo Harris Experience. So, if you <laughs> wish to to come across the Bongo Harris Experience, we'll be at the Dragon Bar in Hastings, Old Town, in George Street, on Friday the twenty seventh, from about eight to about eleven. I think is is usually the the plan. Um, I'll also be back with Indie Wonderland on Wednesday evening, barricaderadio.com, um, eight until ten pm. Indie alt rock and miscellaneous, and I think I'm running an interview with the drummer from Gene this week. So that will be interesting for those of us Britpop survivors oh fantastic well thanks to you for listening mm, yes particularly you particularly um and and playing us but playing out with a song um by uh, this group whose singer his image did sometimes distract from the fact that he has an absolutely great voice he does he really does and he 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 had a fan he's still got a good voice mm. and he just he is he is great he you know they 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 he was a good frontman he was a lot of fun um there was a bit of a disagreement between him and security as to when the half-naked lady crashed the stage towards the end. He was quite keen to say hello to her, and security were quite keen that she leaves. So, um, so yes, that was a bit unfortunate. But, um, no, I love this, and I, I do play this quite a lot. And I do think, like you say, that actually this is quite a sweet love song. I think it's really nice, and it always cheers people up. And um, we play, I played this with, with my, my previous sort of DJ person, Letty, in the, in the, the Dragon Bar once, and there were two very nice men there who who we didn't know who'd been enjoying our tunes and as they were leaving they came up to me and said oh thanks lady we really enjoyed your music and i was getting special brew out of mm-hmm. it and then went oh no you're gonna play special brew and they had a, a few a few seconds where they debated whether or not they could miss their train and get the next one <laughs> that that's a sign that if you're willing to miss your train for a record it's got to be quite good hasn't it really these are bad man it's led by buster blogfest and this is special brew
have been listening to a DAC Media Production.